This is the Evil Chocolate Cookie Grab Bag Podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is the Evil Chocolate Cookie. Back with you with the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. And I think this time might actually work. The past couple of times I've tried to tape this, my mic has been off or I've messed up the intro. But, as I promised you guys on Saturday, today's episode is about game show scandals! That is right. We are talking about game show scandals today. So, without further ado, let's get started. First, what is a game show scandal? Today we are defining a game show scandal as something that has really grabbed its show's attention. Um, because someone did something that the show wasn't expecting or they won or lost in some strange way. Or they were found to have cheated, anything like that. So basically, if it caused a lot of an uproar... It's on the list. (laughs) But without further ado, let's go. First of all, the Press Your Luck Scandal. This is my personal favorite, so we're going to start here. The Press Your Luck Scandal you guys might be familiar with. This guy named Michael Larson got on Press Your Luck in 1984. Um, He was from somewhere in Ohio. I think he said it was either Cincinnati or Cleveland. I don't remember. I think it was one of those two anyway. I haven't watched it in a while. That episode anyway. But, um, he got on the show after spending a lot of time watching it at home. Taping the episodes. And then using the pause function on his VCR to memorize the game board. So, he gets it into his head. Hey, I'm going to go on this show with what I've learned, and I'm going to win me some big money. Which he did. He gets on the show, hits a whammy on his first spin, and then never hits another one. I think he went 45 consecutive spins without hitting a whammy. And in pressure luck terms, that's a big deal, folks. His final total was 110000 Two hundred and thirty-seven dollars. That's a lot of money. The problem is, not everybody knows what to do with that kind of money. And he pretty much blew it. He blew some of it on, like, really, really bad investments. But the kicker is... He took out, he took $50,000 out of the bank in $1 bills to try to win some radio contest and win more money. At least uh, that's what I heard from the documentary that was made on this. It's called Big Bucks, The Press Your Luck Scandal. Um, I would highly advise you to look it up because it tells this better than I can. But, yeah, and that's not even the worst part. Um, guess what happened to him? Yeah, the predictable thing that happens to anyone who leaves $50,000 lying around in their home 
Uh, someone broke in and stole it. Congratulations to them. No, not really, but yeah. Somebody broke in and stole it. And that is what happens when you leave $50,000 in your house. I'm sorry, but that's just something you should never do. And then he got involved with, like, those foreign lottery scams and stuff like that and spent a lot of time running away from the FBI and stuff like that. So let's just put it this way. Michael Larson was not a smart person at all. <clears throat> okay. That's the basics of that one. So now let's move on to... The person who solved a puzzle on Wheel of Fortune with only one letter. Yes, you heard me right. One letter. Um, I don't remember her name, but she gets on Wheel of Fortune a few years ago. And the category, I think, was phrase. I missed this episode, so I can't be sure. But she asked... For the letter L, and when she found out there was only one L in the phrase in the puzzle, she goes, "Can I solve?" And it threw past Sajak for a total loop. And she just yells out the correct solution to the puzzle with only that one letter and an apostrophe. Nobody could believe it. Um, she explained it that she knew like some of the most common words. And some of the most common contractions out there. And she thought L would be a good start. And when she saw where it was. That she was able to solve that puzzle. Which. Honestly. Is kind of cool. Next. I think we want to talk about the dude who thought it was a good idea to cheat on who wants to be a millionaire. Um, this was on the British version. There was this guy, I don't remember his name. I think it was like Charles something or other. I don't remember. But he thought it would be a good idea to go on who wants to be a millionaire, take his friends with him, and have them cough when the host read out the correct answer choice. That sounds like a brilliant plan, doesn't it? Well, it was until they caught him and he lost the million dollars he won plus got fined and lost his job in the army. And that, my friends, is what happens when you cheat on a game show. Speaking of cheating on a game show, let's move on to The Price is Right. This one is somewhat minor, but it was still interesting anyway. I don't think anybody expected this. Um, those of you who watch The Price is Right pretty regularly will be aware of the game Flip Flop. What happens is you're shown a prize and the price of that prize but it's in the wrong order the numbers the numbers are in the wrong order so you can either flip the first set of numbers 
flop the second set or flip the first set and flop the second set, which is why it's called flip-flop. Yeah, it's kind of confusing, I know. Well, one contestant just gets on there, and rather than actually playing the game, this guy just decides he's going to hit the button that shows him the actual price of the item. And Bob Barker just doesn't know what to do. Um, he just, like, leaves the stage for a minute and then comes back to, and gives the guy the prize anyway. And I actually saw the clip to this. Bob is like, I'm going to give you the prize. Now get off the stage. <laughs> So yeah, that that's that's another one that's just uh yeah. Now let's talk about one that I think could have been avoided if people had actually paid closer attention to the rules. Um this involves Jeopardy. Yes, there's been a scandal associated with Jeopardy. It was um the Kids Week which no longer exists actually because of this scandal. But this kid was playing, on, playing Jeopardy during Kids Week, gets to Final Jeopardy, and I didn't see this. I didn't have access to a TV when this happened, but I, anyway, I didn't see it. And the um, correct answer was supposed to, to Final Jeopardy was supposed to be, um, what is the Emancipation Proclamation? Well, the kid spelled it wrong. Um, to the extent that it had to be ruled incorrect. Because you guys know that, like, minor misspellings and stuff in Final Jeopardy, if it's, if it's understandable what they meant and it doesn't, like, significantly alter, like, the pronunciation and things like that, th then sometimes they will give it, yeah, give it to you. It's difficult to say when they will and when they won't, but... Like, if, if they can kind of understand what you meant, they, they'll give it to you. But in this case, the kid had misspelled it, and I think it, like, altered how, how the answer would have been pronounced or something like that. And it was ruled incorrect, and a lot of people were blaming Alex Trebek for it and stuff like that, saying that he was a jerk to the, to the kid and things like that. Um, all he said was, I'm sorry, but the judges are ruling against you, or something like that. He wasn't even mean about it. All he did was tell the kid he got the answer wrong. And the kid threw a fit and said he was never going to watch Jeopardy again, and blah, 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 blah. Um, a lot of people actually took to social media with this one. Some of them were a little frustrated, but a lot of people actually supported what Jeopardy did in ruling a severely misspelled answer incorrect. And honestly, I have to say, the kid knew the rules before he went in there. He misspelled the answer to the point where it couldn't be, it couldn't be ruled as correct. I'm not, I'm not saying misspelling is... A bad thing, I'm just saying this kid knew what could happen to him if he misspelled the answer, and he chose to throw a fit. That wasn't Jeopardy's fault. 
So, enough on that one. Let's go back to Wheel of Fortune for a moment here. Another thing happened on Wheel of Fortune that some people got kind of angry about. Um, I don't remember what the category was, but... The puzzle solution was Seven Swans a-Swimming. And this woman was, like, from Florida, and she had, like, this regional accent that she used, and she read it out as Seven Swans a-Swimming, and they ruled her incorrect. Um, and she explained it to some interviewer. She said, you know, that's just the way I speak. I asked for the G. I knew it was there. But a lot of people got really, really mad about that. But that's the rule with Wheel of Fortune. It's like Pat says, say everything, don't add anything, don't drop anything. I'm not, I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying these people who want to, to make mountains out of molehills really need to read the rules of these shows before they go on air. Um, now let's go back to when I had briefly touched on the other day, all the modeling issues on The Price is Right. There have been several complaints over the years of models basically being mistreated. Um, there's, there are some that have reportedly been fired for being overweight. Discrimination, I don't approve. Some uh, reported harassment. Um, There's this one in particular that actually was like really, really mad at Bob Barker and I think ended up suing him for harassment. I'm not going to go into the details because um, we have younger audiences here or we have younger audience members here that listen to this and this, that particular case is really like mature. It involves, let's just say, um, adult subject matter. And then, of course, there were those models who were fired for getting pregnant. Which I think is really ridiculous, but we talked about that the other day. I went on a whole spiel about that the other day in the whole episode with the Mike Richards thing. So we're not going to go over that one again. Not to the extent that we did. (laughs) So. That's it. And actually let's stay with the prices right for a moment. And talk about the perfect bid. This one. um, Happened. I think more recently because Drew Carey was hosting at the time that it happened. Um, this contestant goes on The Price is Right and makes it all the way to the showcase. Well, when they revealed the showcase and all that, this guy bids $23,743. Well, when they come back and reveal the actual retail price of the showcases, they get to him. And the actual price of his showcase was... $23,743. He had gotten a perfect bid. Now that's rare. Even in contestants row, seeing a perfect bid is rare. But getting one in the showcase? 
that's pretty much unheard of. And I mean, technically, the guy hadn't cheated. He just watched a whole lot of television. Sorry, I bumped into the mic there. But he just watched a whole lot of television. And picked up on common pricing for, like, certain prizes and stuff like that. The show has since changed its pricing a little bit. And it doesn't, like, reveal brands and things like that anymore. Because if it did, somebody else might be able to pull the same trick. Um... Let's see, what else can I cover? Oh, there was the one on this Spanish game show whose name I can't pronounce. Um, basically, the concept of the show is you've got like these celebrities helping out random people to try to win money and things like that. Well, this one celebrity was helping someone in the Name That Tune section and she was doing really, really, really well. Um, that is until things started flashing and vibrating and things like that. And they realized that she was using Shazam. <laughs> and the reason I, the reason I hit the laugh button there was because that's pretty much what happened with that one. Everybody just kind of laughed it off. So, not much to say about that one, but... Since that one was actually found kind of funny, I thought I'd share it here. Um, let's see. What else have I got? Oh, there was the uh, Million Dollar Money Drop incident. I've never seen that show before in my life, so I don't fully understand this one. But basically what happened was this, this couple was on the show, and it was like a which came first question. And they lost all their money because the program had the wrong answer. Uh, yeah, let's just say folks were not happy. And eventually they were allowed to come back. I think it was something with, like, the Walkman versus the Post-it note or something like that. And for some reason they had that the Walkman came out before the Post-it note. And it cost, it cost everybody money. So, yeah. But they were invited to come back, which I think is which I think is a good thing. That they rectified their mistake to some degree. I can I can't end this podcast without talking about the criminal on Super Password this guy, um, I don't know his actual name. I forgot it. But he was wanted for, like, insurance fraud and credit card fraud and things like that. So what do you do when you're on the run from the authorities because you're wanted for a crime? You go on a game show under a different name. Yeah, that's totally the smart thing to do, folks. This guy goes on Super Password under the name Patrick Quinn. And he wins like a big chunk of money. Did he get to keep it and pay off his debts and things like that? No, because someone recognized him and called the police. They were waiting for him when he went to pick up his money. <laughs> Which only goes to show that you should never go on a game show 
if you're running from the authorities. I mean, where's the logic in that? Oh my gosh, there are so many others, but I just don't remember the details of them all. But I promised you guys we would go over game show scandals today. So that's what we did. Um, I do want to thank you guys for listening. We are approaching our 50th episode. I think actually it might be the, the next one or the one after the next one. So I want you guys to let me know what you think we should do to mark our 50th episode because I think that's a milestone. And until next time, folks, I will see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. If you'd like to contact me or support me, you can do that in a number of ways. First, if you'd like to contact me, you can do so via Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and on the Good Pods Network at EvilCookies98. Via email at TheEvilChocolateCookie at gmail.com. Via Skype, searching for The Evil Chocolate Cookie. And via Discord at the Evil Chocolate Cookie number 4569. If you would like to support what I do, you can do that via listener support on this podcast or via Patreon at patreon.com slash theevilchocolatecookie. One-time donations are also possible at streamlabs.com slash theevilchocolatecookie1. Adding slash merch to the end of that URL will take you to the merch shop where you can get your own goodies. My other content can be found on YouTube at The Evil Chocolate Cookie, at twitch.tv slash The Evil Chocolate Cookie, and on TikTok at The Evil Chocolate Cookie. Thank you for listening. You're the best. And don't be evil. <laughs>